Hi there. Welcome to The Preventable, the podcast giving you a seat at the table with conversations about the intersection of alcohol, drugs, and mental health in everyday lives. Take a seat and join us. Welcome to The Preventable. I'm already having too much fun and we are not even officially started yet, but here we go. With me today is somebody that I have known since uh, I was in middle school, which is weird. You were not in middle school. You were younger, but I was in middle school. Um, and our paths have recently recrossed, and uh, I think you need to hear what she has to say. So welcome to The Preventable Kelly McGowan. Yes, thank you for having me. Welcome. So let's just uh, rewind a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you were on the uh, Matthews Dickey basketball team with my sister. Yes, yes. And you guys were good. We we did our thing. We did our thing. I mean, you would travel and do... Yes. Yeah. We did our thing. Put girls basketball on the map. Let's go. Yes, and I don't sport so <laughs> i would go on saturdays and y'all would have like nineteen thousand games and my dad would be there very stoic and your parents would be oh, yelling yeah. and Lit. i'm thinking all like i'm just thinking of all the other families and he would just be like very stern and then would like talk to my sister about her performance afterwards <laughs> and i would just be sitting there like do i have to do because that i mean it that is what life was mm-hmm. for you yes. and my sister for a while. Yes. Do you still play? No, I don't. I haven't shot a basketball in probably like well over a decade. I don't remember the last time I shot a basketball. You know yeah. it would always piss my sister off because I did not sport. I do not and I did not. Nothing? Nothing? No, nothing. I mean, I was Latin club. Okay. I was, <laughs> yep. Painting a picture, right, Kelly? Am I bringing you yes, back in time? I, I got you. I got you. But I could still kick her butt in horse and in pig. Oh, well, so with you the had trick a little, shots, you had a little something in there. You had a little something in there. Maybe, maybe. What did you? I mean, talk to me. So you played ball, mm-hmm. and that was like what you did. Yeah, ball was life. Ball was life. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you then became into advocacy oh no i mean fill in some of the gaps there like were you like okay i think i need to change the built environment we need more basketball hoops and now i'm going to advocate for the built environment no i wasn't on that uh so ball was life (laughs) ball was life and then um you know i tore my acl in high school twice no way because you did you play in high school yeah metro go panthers okay all right slps stand up um so I played at Metro High School and I tore my ACL my junior or my freshman year. Actually, we were in districts. Oh. That was the first time. And then the second time when I was a junior. And uh, when I found out it was torn the second time, because I didn't think I tore it twice. The second time, I was like, uh, maybe I tweaked it because it didn't maybe hurt I as walk bad it as off. first. <laughs> but no, that didn't, that didn't happen. And that's a whole other story right. I have to tell you another time about the second time laid mm. out. In uh, at half court at Soldan High School's <gasps> gym, and like they stopped the game because they didn't want to move me. Oh no! And so my boyfriend at the time came, and my teammates, and my coach—they're all circling around me. My dad, everybody—I'm laid out on the court, and then I rode in the ambulance. It was—it was very interesting. I pissed the ambulance people off. Uh, shout out to them. Sorry. Here, y'all. here's my shocked face. 
Because I was like, can, can we do a siren just a little bit? Yeah, like just a little bit. Let's do it. They were pissed. But anyway, <laughs> the second time, I really didn't think I tore it, but I did. And so I went through a lot of physical therapy for the first time and the second time. And after the second time, I'm like, maybe this is a sign that I need. I don't need to play basketball anymore. Mm. And so I said, oh, I want to be a physical therapist. Okay. Okay. So I went to school. Go slew. Go Billikens. Um Determined to be a physical therapist, got my undergraduate degree, different things kind of happened. physical therapy? In exercise science. Oh, so okay, I got my okay. bachelor's in exercise science, and the plan was to continue on uh, through a graduate degree program to get my doctorate in physical therapy, okay. which was offered at SLU at the time. Um, and I, instead of going straight into the doctorate program, Life happens, family issues kind of shifted it. So I had to go and work um, in between the time of me going to PT grad school. And so I ended up working at a physical therapy outpatient clinic um, to get, you know, hands-on experience, all of that. And then in the midst of that, I was like, "Uh, hell no, this is not for me. Um, (laughs) That's that's, why we do on-the-job experience, right? Uh I I like talking to people. I'm still, like, really fascinated by the human body and how it works. And, you know, I'm really fascinated by those things. But I, my experience, I saw kind of, like, the other side of the healthcare system that really wasn't trying to make people better, but yeah. keep people coming in and spending fifty to a hundred dollar copayment times and right. talking to the aide and not the full therapist, you know, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of want to do something different. And so to my family's kind of like, oh, here she go. <laughs> I had a quarter life crisis. That's what I called okay. it. Okay, I'm um, figuring out what do I want to do. And then I did some soul searching as much as you can. And it you know 25 and um, I said I wanted to go back and get a master's in public health yeah so I went to uh, the brown school ooh fancy pants I went to SLU which I well that's another story Uh Uh, but so I went to the brown school got my master's in public health and really my focus was developing implementing and evaluating um, obesity prevention programs for black folks because you know my family health history is very similar um, with uh, other uh, black folks in this country I mean diabetes uh, hypertension etc 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 and because I have been so physically active my whole life and and that's been instilled in me and watching what I eat and all of those things um, but unfortunately our um, because of racism because of a lot of other structural issues black folks in this country we don't have the environments that really support overall health and well-being and so when I was doing that work and obviously coming from St. Louis um being born on the west side, growing up on the north side, I noticed there were two different St. Louises. One for the white folks, one for the black folks. Very different when we're talking about access to resources. Very different. I mean, people weren't around walking around. Me and my family, you know, my dad, whew, we would bike. Like, we <laughs> right. would bike everywhere. Um, and we were the only people in our neighborhood that did that. Um understandably so um but you go to the other side of town you know around forest park and some of those other places folks walking oh, around walking, chilling scootering, pushing a stroll, all right. of those. Mm-hmm. it's just a different feel in community and how it looked and i recognized that at a young age but as i grew older i realized that's racism um and so 
Wait, I'm sorry. Can I just stop you yeah. right there? So uh-huh. for those people who just like are having to rewind and are like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Okay. How is, explain it to me like I'm in kindergarten. Okay. Explain to me how um, not maybe walking or biking, how that is a result of racism or is racism. Okay. So when we look at, okay, we live in an extremely racially segregated region one yes. of the most mm-hmm. in the country because of redlining and yes. because of all kinds of redlining purposeful... intentional disinvestment yes. um predatory lending um etc 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 and so because of those racist policies that's really laid the foundation in not only who lives in the communities and also what we have access to in our communities uh, the resources wait so you're saying that it's not an accident things. No. Oh, so so it's not just no. like random that the, that there's not a, you know, that Fairground Park isn't necessarily as well maintained as Forest Park. And as a result, there aren't a ton of people walking around on there. That's not an accident. Completely, completely designed to be that way. And so, you know, I remember because I used to get in trouble because I was like to go for a run uh, around where I lived on the north side. But, you know, I, you know, you got stray dogs, you got other things happening. I almost like injured, seriously injured myself tripping on the sidewalk going for a run. Um, Like there was a lot of, of things as to why, um, and and people don't feel safe too. Right. People don't feel safe. When I was at SLU getting, and I forget if I told you this, but when I was at SLU getting my master's in public health, one of the first things that we did, one of the first classes I took, we had to do a park audit, mm-hmm. and we walked around, uh huh, mm-hmm. and we walked around parks in the city mm-hmm. of St. Louis. So we were divided into teams, but our professor made sure to made sure that we went to parks on the south side, Mm -hmm. parks on the north side, and midtown Mm -hmm. or whatever. And we had to take an actual audit and count, like, the number of uneven sidewalks, the number of syringes or spoons or beer bottles, Mm -hmm. condoms, Mm -hmm. like, all things like that. that. And then we had to, like, kind of map it out and see where, Mm -hmm. and it's like, duh, like, you know, you've got a St. Francis Park and then, like, you know, a park on the... I mean, clearly those mm-hmm. two were screamingly mm-hmm. different. And mm-hmm. then that's not even to really speak of food deserts, which I'm sure yeah, you're going to... Yeah, that's a whole... Right. Ooh, so you were into it. obesity mm. prevention because... Yeah, and you were really looking right. at the, the built environment at that point? So at that point, just programs. Okay, I was just okay. like, we need to, you know, get these uh, culturally appropriate uh, programs. <laughs> get some get some stuff shaken and make sure that, again, it's really intentionally designed really with uh our target population with yes with at the table with with yes co-creating co-designing whatever fancy terms people call it now but including folks uh in the development of the program so that's what i was on okay Mm -hmm. okay and then in the midst of that work uh i because i left home for a bit worked in new york which was very interesting, uh, you know. Shout out to Harlem Children's Zone, uh, and which then is I, so cool. Yeah, that that was culture shock. Can you give? Uh, I shock. know, I know, we want to get to what you're right. currently doing, uh-huh. but tell me, 
tell I know what it is, but mm-hmm. tell folks what is the Harlem Children's Zone. Yeah, the Harlem Children's Zone is a nonprofit organization. Their mission is to end intergenerational poverty in East and Central Harlem. Woo! Period. Period. Woo! That's a hell of a mission. That is a hell of a mission. And they have this whole host of uh, charter schools and just other wraparound services that they provide families. So they really look at uh, young people uh, holistically and figuring out, you know, how can we support um, the whole family unit? Because if the family and the community and the neighborhood supported that young person, they're going to be great. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be thriving. And, and it's so, become a yeah. model. Yep. And so I know like Jennings School District, mm-hmm. they've adapted some yeah. of that. And they, so they have like washing machines and clothes yep. dryers like in the school and right access to food and mm-hmm. mental health and all that. Yep. So it's really like a community school times a thousand. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was it was a lot. And obviously uh New York, you know, you gotta move. You gotta yeah, be that's you it. gotta be on hustle. So and it took me a minute too, because everybody's like, Oh my gosh, you so country. <laughs> like, what? And then I had to tell them I literally my staff, they thought I was from Louisiana. I was like, wow, uh, what, what, <laughs> where did you go to school? Um, and I had to show them a continental map of the oy, United oy, States. Oy. This is St. Louis, Missouri. Missouri. This is Louisiana. <laughs> Two completely different states, okay? <laughs> but anyway, after we got that together, um, it took me a minute, though, because they talk so fast. So I they had do to get talk used very to fast. that, and they move mm-hmm. fast. But uh, in that role, I worked, uh, I had a couple staff members, which then dwindled down to two staff members or colleagues. And we supervised 12 to 15 staff uh, to implement the Healthy Harlem program. Uh, we had to deal with it was like almost 1500 kids in a school after school based setting K through 12 grade level and so our job was again to spearhead the healthy Harlem curriculum which really focused on um, healthy eating habits being physically active all of that and my role I had the fun role of uh, doing the physical activity stuff because again my background exercise science but it was very challenging because the building was really small. Um, well, it was large, but like they didn't really have a lot of outdoor space. Yeah. Um, and we were in the middle of the projects. Like, let me like keep it a book. <laughs> St. Nicholas Development. It, beautiful building. Yes. Right. But we were in the middle of the projects. And so. Um, so you're a little limited. We couldn't with go the outside. Amount of, right. So we had to be very creative in how we were able to get these young folks to be active in the classroom and some of the other available spaces. So I was able to work with various staff members to come up with a I don't want to call it a curriculum, but at least different um, activities yeah, and things a plan. to keep them. Yeah. And I also did what? I asked the young people what they wanted to do. Mm. Um, and so really incorporating that um, into our activity. So I did that. I was there. It was it was a, an interesting learning experience. And I came back home. And when I came home, I said, I want to work with the folks that take care of the young people. I want to work with the mamas. And so I started working through uh, the Healthy Schools, Healthy Communities Initiative. Uh, and I was based in North County, of all places. Uh, me, a city girl in, in the heart of North County in Ferguson, mm-hmm. post Mike Brown. Yep. And, um, you know, I'm not a mom yet. And so, you know, in this initiative, I worked I partnered with the school districts. I'm doing air quotes if people can't see it. Partnered with three school districts. Partnered with three school districts in North County um, to work with moms to co-create wellness programming. Um, 
And that was when I said, yo, this built environment thing came up because we could come up with great pro and programs are needed and necessary. Yes. But in the midst of us doing this, talking about healthy eating, all the grocery stores were closing in North County and nothing was coming to replace them. So it's like, yes, we need programming. And also we need to make sure that we are designing environments that can facilitate and bring about those healthy behaviors and the county is interesting north county is very interesting because it's three million thousand different municipalities that are all within like a quarter of a mile of one another obviously i'm exaggerating here right but um, there, yeah but i mean exaggerating but you're also <laughs> painting the picture which i think is it's just such a foreign concept for people not from this area but and again, not to go like super deep in this, yeah. but like that is created on purpose. Extremely. It's intentional Extremely. and there are very structurally, I mean, that is structural racism. When people are Period. like, what does that mean? Like, that is what that is. That is a Period. manifestation of what that looks like. Period. And I, again, I'm trying to do free yoga, free trap yoga, you know what I'm saying? Programming. In the community. And I got to go through all of these different people. Well, no, actually, you're across the street. So that means you're in this municipality, which means you got to talk to such and such and such and such. And I'm trying to do a free program, y'all. Come on, make it make sense. And so I was like, this is ridiculous. This is ineffective. Um, and there wasn't a lot of coordination or collaboration. Um, and then, again, thinking about the built environment, my schooling, um, you know, and realizing that we really need to address these issues. And these issues can be addressed through our local governments. And so that's when I started becoming a little bit more aware, engaged and involved in what was going on. Yeah. So I could do my programming um, and also, though, figure out how can we really lift this up and amplify a lot of this stuff so we can properly address things instead of just slapping a Band-Aid on them. What I I mean, there's a lot of things that I love about you and the approach that you're taking. And there's a couple of things. Number one, it's that you tell it like it is. OK. And and you uh, give hell to both sides of the aisle. Like you, you call hypocrisy out. That is what you do. It doesn't matter <laughs> what party they are. Ooh, man. You call out hypocrisy. Yeah, I begin to trouble though. On it's your fine. Monday night uh, lives, you like lay it out. What's going on in the council meetings? What's not going on? What's happening behind closed doors? That I love that about you. Number one. What I also love about you is that you are holding truth to power and that you're paying attention at the local level, mm -hmm. which, you know, so many people want to, they, they think that the big change happens at the state level mm -hmm. or at the federal level. And mm -hmm. yes, things yeah. happen there. Mm -hmm. And so much happens in your backyard that if you are not aware of what's going on, if you're not having somebody break it down for mm -hmm. you, um, if you don't even know the damn meetings are happening, mm -hmm. because a lot of times they like don't want you to know they're happening. No, they don't. Right. I, it's just you're doing something at a hyper local level that is it's very unique. So Transform 314, mm -hmm. that's that's the organization. So you, Monday nights, you basically like lay it out and people watch on YouTube. How does that work? How, how do people fight? Because I love it. And yeah. I just laugh and, the whole damn yeah, time. Because I, again, when I started getting into 
paying attention to these meetings, I will tell my friends and family, and they're like, Kelly, like you're you making lying. This up. Like this is not really <laughs> happening. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Watching on YouTube, and I will send it to them, and they'd be like, what is going on? I'm like, this is our life. Like these this are is- our elected officials. Like this is what's happening. This is what we got. Um, and so I do. I I watch a lot of meetings, a whole <laughs> lot of meetings, y'all. Um, and I provide a, a rundown uh, for my city folks and my North County folks about what's going on. I try to really keep it specific to things that just me having conversations with presidents, what people really care about. Um, and then that's what I talk about. And I'm the receipt queen. Um, so that means... I include clips, like uh-huh, so when we have uh-huh. these shows. People are like I didn't say that. And it's like no, nope, <laughs> roll the tape. Nope. I don't want people saying, "Well, Kelly said." Well, Kelly said, "No, pause, alder person, <laughs> council person," because I, you know, I don't. What I really try to do on Monday Night Live is to, again, present the information to people so people can get a holistic view of policies that are being presented at the end of the day our legislators I like to say that because I was you know speaking to people like I'm a legislator I'm a legislator I legislate so (laughs) that's what we do that's your job you legislate so what are you legislating so that's what Monday Night Live is about to see what these folks is doing on the job that they getting paid to do Um, and so we look at the bills I provide again the clips so people get a sense of maybe their elected officials maybe Maybe their logic, why they voted, why they didn't vote, um, because I want people to try to get a full sense of particular bills, the pros, the cons, the different viewpoints, so people can make an informed decision based off of that. It's not Transform 314 or Kelly McGowan saying, this is trash, this person is trash. I don't say that. No, you don't. I don't. You don't. I, I think people think you do, but you don't. You're I le- do you not. like let it speak y'all for themselves. Can, y'all can play the tape back. <laughs> I just play. I just, again, I am the messenger. I just play what is presented on the YouTube. Okay. Well, so I, what you did a couple of, I, I don't even know how many months ago this was, but you worked to release sort of some animated for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. shorts to help folks understand how the process works it's almost like it's not this but it's almost like a way more current hip 2023 schoolhouse rock Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like how a bill becomes a law but like you actually like i loved it and that really i think speaks to how you're trying to expose how the legislative process works, but also how people can tap in. Yes. Because, not to speak for you, but you're really about participatory yes. government. I mean, right? yes. And so I tell people this all the time. Have this conversation. At Slate, however long ago that was. And a lot of things I do when I try and to... And Slate is? Saint, the St. Louis Agency for Training and Employment, I believe, through the city of St. So like Louis. Job development, yes. job training. Right. Um, they provide a comprehensive uh, supports for, you know, younger folks, old folks, and people in between. Um, but when I talk about local government and why it's important, I always tell people, like in the city of St. Louis, we had a very historic election. Yes. In April. Um, we went from 28 to 14 wards. I mean, we have been operating in 28 ward system for well over 100 years. So this was like a really big deal, a really big deal. And we had like maybe 18 um, percent of, of registered voters Ooh. voting. 
register 18%. That's an F. And these folks, I mean, they make a lot of decisions, including, again, where the coin goes, where the bag goes. If you don't care about anything else, people care about the investments in their community. And we got 18 percent of people coming out in that kind of an election. It is it's ridiculous. And I'm not just picking on the city of St. Louis, St. Louis County. They have low uh, municipal election rates and throughout the country. It is very reflective um, of throughout the country. And so when you have people, 2000 people maybe voting um, in a city that has 20,000 people in it. I mean, that's like what we're talking about. People, hundreds of votes. Like, people are getting elected because 200 people voted mm-hmm. for them. Like, mm-hmm. this is real life, y'all. Mm-hmm. This is happening. And that's not okay. And I think the reason why is because, again, no, not and, saying Well, that that's federal... what I wanted to ask because yeah. you've done a lot of work, interviews, and yeah. going out into community saying, why don't you show up? Yeah. Why don't you go to the polls? What do you hear? It's just a lack of understanding of why it's important. Um, so last summer I did. I went on a on a listening tour <laughs> and I paid people twenty dollars. Let's talk about civic engagement. And so people just weren't aware of wow, like, you know, I'm talking to people that have children in public schools and, you know, they need to be better and da 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 da. And I'm like, Well, you realize that we vote for the school board people, the folks that really spearhead and lead these policies, right? That influence your baby schools. Dang, I ain't even... Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Uh, So a lot of people kind of connecting the dots for folks. Um, I think it's just a matter of people just not really being aware. Also, I mean, a lot of these elections aren't as advertised as your, you know, Lord, 2024 already gave me heart Oh, I know. But, um... That's going to be a huge year with the presidential election, a lot of other um, elections, national elections. So obviously we're going to be seeing millions of dollars um, pumping in advertisements, but commercials. But local, and all a lot of, of it stuff. is like it's all about who you know. Yeah. Right. And that's Period. how. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's all about who you know. Because you're not, you can't afford to have some sort of, you know, gajillion dollar commercial no. or you know, no. campaign a neighborhood it's, or maybe maybe you could have like a church event or something. Something like that. But yeah. they're not having they don't no. have the big dollars. And so you might vote if you go to the poll, if you know about it. Um, you might vote for the person just because you recognize their name. That's right. You know, I've seen this sign around the community and I know they've been in office for a while. So I mean clearly I guess they know what they're doing. And so that's what people go off of name recognition mostly if they even decide to go so from my conversations it was mostly around just people didn't really understand well they didn't recognize how important Mm -hmm. and the decisions that are made at the local level by their local elected officials yeah so confession I used to say that my biggest pet peeve was apathy Mm-hmm. Because I'm a I'm a nerd when it comes to politics. I'm, you know, I really enjoy listening. I'm the person who goes to school board elections, and I'm the per, school board like candidate forums. And mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. we had several people who were trying to be my older person, and I went to the mm-hmm. listening sessions, and I was the person asking questions, and I would say. It was very common. I would say, like, I just don't understand why people don't get involved. And, like, if people don't uh, get involved and don't vote, then they can't complain. And what I have recognized the last couple of years is that that is a very, I will say, privileged opinion. 
I doesn't mean it's a wrong opinion, mm-hmm. but not everybody has access to the information mm-hmm. on purpose or, mm-hmm. or you know, not on purpose. Mm-hmm. And not everybody can actually make it to the polls. And it's getting harder and harder. Oh, yeah. To oh, even yeah. make it to the polls. Oh, yeah. Much less, exactly, much less have, you know, child care and food and mm-hmm. transportation and all mm-hmm. of that. And and I'm sure you would argue that that is not, that is by design. Oh. Okay. That is not an accident. Completely intentional. And I think something that, and I I can kind of understand this. Again, I my many adventures in community last summer, going out and getting folks registered to vote, which is, ooh. Mm. extremely challenging um but something that kept coming up with the young folks was you know all all y'all and the old people keep telling us we need to vote we need to vote but who are we voting for Mm. what are we voting for? yeah right like what are we voting on and so i think i mean to keep it real like i go vote in all elections because that's been instilled in me my family does totally so uh however you know, sometimes it's very cringe and I'm not super like gung ho about going to the poll because it's like we it feels like we're always choosing between the lesser of the evils. Yes. So I can recognize and I feel that way too. Like, oh, here we go. Um, and so I think that's part of it, too. I think when you have options that people aren't, you know, maybe they don't see themselves reflected in or it's just, yeah, this person's, I guess, maybe less trash than that person. I mean, who, like, <laughs> no it. one is checking for that. No one's right. going to say, let me go and vote. Like, no one does. And I think that's part of the reason, too. It's like these folks that we have to choose. Um, I think that's part of it, too. I, I would agree. I mean, the, the the choice of candidates is, as you describe usually the lesser of two evils you know and and that's not okay these are people that are making major decisions about our livelihood and our money Mm -hmm. i mean you've been very uh the arpa funds and things like that and and hopefully soon maybe the opioid settlement dollars those have been key topics for you Mm -hmm. because it's an opportunity for yes. investment, for investment in the future, for investment in infrastructure, in yes. all of the unsexy things yep. that we know have huge payoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's where you and I can really have some synergy when we talk about the built environment around alcohol dense, alcohol yes. outlet density yes. and tobacco outlet density. Mm-hmm. Because again, I'm going to act like you're keeping it real now. Like the like to just be honest, to keep it real, mm-hmm. when you look at a map, there is a larger percentage and proportion of alcohol outlets mm-hmm. and tobacco outlets as well as check cashing and mm-hmm. gambling and whatever mm-hmm. in communities of color, specifically in this case North City and North County. And that is unacceptable. Completely. And then the research shows people want to pull receipts, data, evidence. The research shows that communities that are oversaturated, which happen to be in, I'll say, in our instances, right, predominantly black communities, are associated with literally every adverse health right. and well-being yes. outcome. You, yes. Literally anything, anything you bad can you can think one. of. You can pick one. Literally. It is directly, it is associated with it in some way, shape or form. 
And we see that clearly. Right. So you, so Transform 314 mm-hmm. really is is asking for feedback. Yeah, yeah, And you yeah. have a survey that's out and you mm-hmm. want people to complete it. Mm-hmm. And you're asking like, what do you care about? Yes. Specifically, what do you care about? So can you talk a little bit about the survey and what you're hoping to get? And mm-hmm. people um, maybe have an opportunity to uh, get even deeper engaged, right? Yeah, of co- oh, of course. Right. So obviously our name you know, let's transform. Let's do it. So if anyone can, I feel like it's going to be, you know, and, and we know that a lot of things that are happening are not helping. Right. And moving the needle, um, in our region, especially when we're talking about health equity. Yes. Um, so we got to do something different to make sure we truly transform our region. And so that's what our, uh, campaign with the survey will also have some community conversations as well is really getting to talk to community to get a sense of, you know, what, do, not only what do you care about, but what are you willing to fight for? Are you about that I life? I loved um, how you said that in the survey. What are you willing to... Because everyone will list problems, right? We got a whole lot of them. However, it's going to take all of us together as a club. It's not just Transform 314. No, it is all of our... Everyone in our community, including residents. So what are people willing to truly come together to advocate for to improve their community's built environment? So... So we're going to use the information to kind of prioritize like our efforts because uh, local government is a lot that happens in local government. <laughs> um, so how yeah, you can could we go have- about 35,000 exactly. different directions. So how can we be more targeted and focused on what folks care about? And I also want to mention our efforts we are really trying to engage folks that are 40 and under i'm not trying to this is not speaking ill of our seasoned uh, folks out there nor mature folks yeah uh, but we it's time for us to get to work y'all so um but we really want to see what people are willing to fight for so we can as an organization really prioritize our policy um and advocacy efforts and programming in 2024 and also like make sure that people are connected to existing efforts like if people are really gung-ho yeah. About addressing vacancy in their community, you know, letting people know, hey, by the way, did you know there's a whole vacancy collaborative uh, and making sure to direct them so that we're amplifying existing efforts, directing people to those efforts. So and also we're not trying to duplicate. That's what I love. We're not trying to duplicate stuff. No, this is happening. Here you go. This is the point person. And then also so we can find our lane and our niche in this space. Um, But that's basically like what we're doing. Uh, We have a survey, and in addition to the survey, we will be doing community conversations, a.k.a. focus groups, um, to really get a sense of not only just the issues that people feel strongly about advocating for, also, like, what have their efforts been in addressing them? Um, You know, what have been some challenges when it comes to them advocating for those things? So, again, that can inform us on ways that we can shape and develop our programming to make sure that our efforts effectively um, line up with what our communities are telling us. Um, No names, of course. Mm hmm. Do legislators like you? Excuse me. Do do legislators like you? Or are they like, oh, here she comes. I here mean, she comes. you know, I've had mixed reviews. I've had mixed reviews. <laughs> Probably from both sides, right? I've, like, I've, I've had, but I feel like for the most part, like, I feel for the most part, I think I have a decent rapport uh, with some of the electeds, um, and and that's 
Because people are like, how can you talk to these people? I'm like, these are the folks that's making these decisions and voting on stuff. So we got to deal with these people, you know? And so I will say for the most part, I've had positive experiences. And there are people that truly do want to partner and collaborate um, on doing things, especially like our campaign. I've been like on this like whole like talking to literally everybody named Mama about this because it's really going to take all of us. And so that's what I kind of try to um, get across to these legislators. Like I'm not trying to like put you on blast, but at the end of the day, you have a role. We have a role. Let's work together because we all need to contribute to this. And that's that's how I present it. Like we're partners so let's figure out how can we collaborate to make things happen that's how I present it I don't say you're trash I don't do that because that's not going to help anything you just think it we're partners (laughs) you know but you know so that's I present our efforts as a resource and again that team sports background with Matthews Dickey we all have our roles we all have our positions right we all have our lanes to play Mm -hmm. and so obviously you're a legislator so that's your lane Um, however there are other things that um, really impact what you legislate so how can we make sure yeah that we're we're working with them True. And I don't mean you, yeah, yeah, Kelly, yeah, McG- yeah, but yeah, yeah. we're constituents. We are. And so I think when, when we work with our young people and bring them to Jeff City and when we, you know, sometimes need to put out the bat signal mm-hmm. because there's a ridiculous issue happening at the mm-hmm. county council, you know, if we need to call our young people and say mm-hmm. you need to show up in support for this or against this, um, they... Like everyone loves hearing from kids. That's so great. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's their constituent. Okay. Facts. Or it will be their constituent when Facts. they turn 18. Yep. And so that's what I think is so great about you is that you are literally shining a light on the process, mm-hmm. how to get involved, what that looks like, who's actually in charge, um, who could be in charge if we collectively use our political voice and Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean then that you're going to agree with everything right you're not telling people how to vote you're just saying Mm -hmm. here's what's happening yeah if you give a shit about this like pay attention show Mm -hmm. up like yeah let me help you write a letter like whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. um i just think that what you're doing is so needed it's also very unique there's not another organization doing what you're doing in this area so thank you Ooh, i know i, I know i know well, i know i question my like kelly why are you what are you what are you are you okay like what is going no i'm joking it's, you are very it, okay I'm, and I'm, it's it's yeah but it's definitely needed and necessary for sure so if people want to to tap in mm-hmm. how do they find you how long's your survey going give me all that details before we yeah. wrap up so uh we are on uh instagram facebook youtube transform 314 we kept it simple right all in those spaces if you want to reach out to me oh the survey is found you can find that on our website which is transform 314.org how long is it open long. 
Um, we'll have it open. I know definitely through September. Okay, and it didn't take long, especially the question where yeah, it's like, it what are you willing take. to fight for? Like, yeah, we, you you know, you know what you're willing to, we try, to do. We try to keep it real simple, real brief. Also, if you complete the survey and provide us your contact information, you might get $150. So Woo! we, because time is money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and so, so you know, maybe a little motivation there. Um, speaking of that, do we need to give a shout out to any funders or anybody while we're here? Uh, Not yet? Not yet. Okay, so maybe we'll do a part two. Yes, we'll do a part two. 10-4. Okay, awesome. Yes. So transform314.org mm-hmm. and all of the socials. And yeah. Monday Night Live is on... Facebook? It's, it's on Facebook Live and YouTube. August is kind of a, right now. Yeah, it's kind of a weird. Right now it's a funky month because uh, the border alder people, there on their break, enjoying their summers. Uh, but they'll, you know, I'm sure next month they'll be back in, in, in the swing of it. So we'll probably be a lot more consistent with our show then. But that's streamed on our Facebook, on Facebook Live and also our YouTube channel. I've been looking forward to you being on here for a while. We've had this on the books for a while, but I'm. Uh, it, it's so oddly cool that I I have gone like full circle, like sitting on a folding chair all day on a Saturday, mm-hmm. cheering you on, mm-hmm. and now I feel like I'm sitting here in a little bit nicer of a chair, <laughs> like cheering you on. I mean, go Kelly. That's it. That's it. It's, it's all of us. It's it, all it of is. us. It Nicole. is. But you're you're also doing the hard work. So thank you. I appreciate that. If you like what you heard, if you want to find more out about Transform 314, if you have any suggestions about things that Kelly really needs to be paying attention mm-hmm. to, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to The Preventable. And I will see you back for part two on this topic. Okay. You better come back. You have oh, a standing I'm, invitation. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be here. Okay. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for joining us at The Preventable, brought to you ad-free by PreventEd. PreventEd works to reduce or prevent the harms of alcohol and other drug use through education, intervention, and advocacy. Please visit their website at prevented.org. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date with what we are serving on The Preventable.